Good morning. How's everybody? Good. Praise the Lord. Who was here last night? Cool. So I might recap a little bit and you just keep rolling with me. If you would, just close your eyes where you are. And I want us to turn our attention directly to Jesus in this moment. And the song we're about to sing is talking about bowing low. And you can bow in, in the natural. You can bow in the physical if you'd like. But there's nothing more beautiful than a bowed heart before God. A bowed heart is a heart that knows there is a king and I'm not him. There is a God and I'm not him. And there's a king I don't say no to. I don't tell him no. There's a God I, I don't say no to because he's my creator. He's the beginning and he's the end of every matter. And I, I have a bowed heart. I have a bowed soul before God. Some people bow in the natural and will never give God their yes. Who cares if you're bowing in the natural and your heart is screaming at God? No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not going to seek you. I'm not going to get up early. I'm not going to sow. I'm not going to be generous. I'm not going to do it. But naturally, we're bowing. But the heart is saying no. And so this morning, I want our hearts to bow. I want our hearts to acknowledge there is a throne room in that heart and somebody must sit in that seat. Who is it? Who's sitting on that throne inside of your heart? The Lord showed me for a long time my own ministry was sitting there. My ministry was sitting on the throne of my heart, not even Jesus. The Lord wasn't even sitting there. He showed me at another time I was sitting there. And I had placed a crown on my own head. And I had become my own king or queen. I had become my own God. Because my heart was not bowed before God. My heart was not given over to the Lord. You know the greatest gift we give to God is not our money. The greatest gift we give to God is not our service in the natural, in the physical. The greatest gift we give to God that he came to die for was our heart. The greatest gift he came for was your mind, will, and emotions, which the Bible says is the heart of man. He came for your mind, for your will, and for your emotions to be won over to God. And often we lift our hands and we sing songs and our hearts do not belong to God. And so we're just taking a moment before we dig into the word to give our hearts back to him. It's so simple. It's so simple to take a minute 
King David said, examine my heart, O God. Do you see any wicked in there? Examine my heart, O God. Do you see me trying to be my king? Let me know. Examine my heart, O God. Do you see selfish ambition? Only takes a moment to just get it all right. That's why it's called the good news. You don't have to run to a cross to crucify yourself. Someone already did it for us. All we have to do is turn to the cross and believe. Turn our hearts to the Lord Jesus and say, I give my mind, I give my will, and I give my emotions to you. This isn't about a repentant sinner who has never known the Lord. This is about believers who confess the name of Jesus who do not have him in first place. And that is a call for repentance. It is a breaking of the commandment that we love God first. The Bible says, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus answered that you would love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And when you break it down into the Greek, it literally means you would love God with every thought that you think, with every word that you say, and every action that you take. Is that true about, about you? Is that true about me? Do we love the Lord our God with every thought that we think and every word that we say and every action we take? Because that's the greatest commandment. It is not to preach or to prophesy. It is not to build buildings or to build ministries or to build families or to do a work. The greatest commandment is that you love God. It's so simple. How can I do the greatest thing on planet Earth? Everybody's seeking to be great. How can I do the greatest thing? You love God first. Love the Lord your God first. Love the Lord your God in first place. So just let your heart open up. Let it speak truth. Open up. And just examine, is Jesus on the throne of my heart? Or is my job sitting there? Is my wife sitting there? Is my husband sitting there? Is my ministry sitting there? Jesus said in Revelations to many churches, you do wonderful works. I love how you feed the poor. I love how you don't let the people in the church sin and run wild. I love that you teach and preach the truth, but I have a problem with you. You don't love me, and because you don't love me, I will shut your doors. He wasn't as concerned with their good deeds as he was their contrite heart. So just... Look at that throne right now. Who is sitting there? And if it's not Jesus, politely in your heart, ask them to move. <laughs> can you move, please? If you're looking at yourself on that throne, can you just go ahead and let yourself get down? It's humbling. I know. I've had to do it. I've had to do it. It's humbling when we have to come on down. If it's your... Your goals or your job or your ministry or your bank account, can you just ask it to move? 
Can you, can you get out of the throne, the throne room of the king, please? You're in an inappropriate spot for you. You don't belong here. Can you move? If it's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Flitter, Snappy Chat, I don't know, whatever else they Can you move, please? I'm spending way too much time on you, and I haven't even looked at the face of my Savior. I'm going to need you to move. I've been looking at the screen of my phone more than the words on the pages of this holy word or the face of my Jesus. you got to move. And now let's welcome Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, into the throne room of my heart. Come, Lord Jesus, and sit on this throne in your majesty. I don't want you to just save me. I want you to be Lord, and that means you rule the territory. I don't just want a Savior who rescues me from my own worldly wicked ways. I want a Lord who guides me into the kingdom. I want a Lord who, who purchases all the property. I want a Lord who dictates left from right and north from south. I want a Lord. I want a Lord. And you lead and you lord over the land of my heart. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Let our hearts bow. Princes down to the ground in your presence, Lord. With our tears, we wash your feet. We bow low, we bow low, falling on our knees. We bow low. Just, I want you to imagine him coming and sitting on that throne and taking his rightful place and your heart bowing low. Your heart is bowing low. There goes the pride. There goes the pride. There goes the selfish ambition. There it goes. This is why he is holy. This is why he is holy. Not because of what he's done, though he's done wonderful things. This is why. Jesus. He's lovely. Oh, we go back to our first love. We're looking at our first love.
you Jesus and just like that righteousness clothes us just like that we're back <laughs> hallelujah y'all ready to dig into this word are we ready all right Natan B I'll have you come back I have some new people that weren't here last night, so I've got to do my introduction about the Word of God. I've got to go off and, you know. This Bible is everything. This Word is the truth. And right now in our world where nobody knows what's what, what's tomorrow, what's going to happen tomorrow, is it this or is it that? Are we okay? Are we safe or are we not? Is it the end of the world or what? Is he coming back? I don't know. What's going on? This keeps us solid and grounded. And if you are a Christian, which is a little Christ, a Christian, as we say, you're Christian. If you are a Christian, it means little Christ. If you didn't know what Christian meant. We call ourselves Christians. It means we're little Christs in the earth. We go about looking just like Jesus. So if you call yourself a Christian, do a checkup. Do I look like Christ in the earth? But if we call ourselves Christians and we have no interest in this book, we have no time studying it. We have no time reading it. We have no idea what we are saying. We call ourselves a name that we don't even know the definition. Because Christian is not affiliated with the fact that your grandma went to church. It is not affiliated with the fact that your family from generations to generations called themselves the name. Christian is a personal title that you take on for yourself because of something you understand and believe. At 12 years old, I sat in the back of a room like this one, and the Holy Spirit touched me and revolutionized my little 12-year-old heart. That's why I go preach to all the children all over the world, because everybody needs to hear about this book. It is life. It is truth. And at 12 years old, it was introduced into my life. And when my parents were getting a divorce and I was totally devastated and grieving as a 12-year-old and I was getting options from friends to act a fool. Because y'all know we get options at 12 to act a fool. So we need to get the gospel before 12. Can I get an amen? At 12 years old, getting options to do crazy things, I stood on this book. And when my dad died and I wondered who my father would be, it became this book. This book has been medicine to my soul, and it has been a weapon in hell. This book is life. And if there is anything Satan is attacking the body not to do, it is to not read this word. 
We often say things like, well, I just get really sleepy. No, you don't get sleepy. You get a heavy spirit that comes against you. Well, I want to read it, but I just get so tired, and I, I wonder why. I want to read it, but as soon as I open it, I just get so distracted, and I start remembering everything else I need to do. That's called a power of the prince of the air speaking to you. You don't want to read that book. You're tired. You had a long day today. You can read it tomorrow. Get up early tomorrow. Then you know when you get up early tomorrow, you hear the same voice. You're tired. Read it tonight. Then tonight comes and you want to read it. Oh, you're tired. Read it tomorrow. And then you get this, this lie in your mind. I'm just always too tired to read the Bible. And before you know it, Satan's got you bound because you have no light in the middle of darkness. What he is essentially asking you to do is never turn on the flashlight. No, 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 don't, don't turn it on tonight. No, 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 keep it dark, keep it dark, keep it dark. You don't want to be able to see. No, 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 turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. You don't want to be able to see. No, it's more comfortable not to see. You don't just turn it off. And we're like, all right, then. You're right, I'm tired. But our inability to read this is Satan's intention. It is Satan's goal. And if there is anything I can truly, it would, it would be such a blessing, such a fruit in my life for this message if you went home and started reading this book for yourself. And if you read it 10 minutes, increase it to 20. If you went and started making this your banner and Facebook stopped being your Bible and Instagram stopped being your Bible and the morning news stopped being your Bible, but this became your truth and your word and your life. Amen. For those of you that don't know, whenever I was uh, about three years old, I had spinal meningitis. And um, the doctors told uh, my parents that I would never walk or talk again. And um, after, that was the first day. Then the second day, the report got worse. And then the third day, it got even worse. -er. And they told them, you know, um, there's probably going to be no functionality at all. She just isn't really there. <laughs> and they, my parents who weren't even strong Christians, but they knew a guy who knew a guy. They weren't even strong. But they knew a guy who knew a guy, and they called that guy. Can you call your guy? Because my girl's dying. You see how we enter into truth when we, you know? And so they called this man, and this man came to the hospital with his guy, better known as Jesus Christ. Nobody saw him when he came in, but he, he came in. He wasn't picked up on the cameras or nothing. That was the third day they told my parents, listen, She's already not walking and talking. She's never going to eat for herself. That part of the brain is, is not there anymore. And we're predicting no functionality at all. And this man comes and he prays. And on the fourth morning, I woke up. And I didn't just wake up. I woke up walking, running. I was running down the halls, Mr. Dale. I was running my mouth off. Who knows, talking about what my mom said, that when I woke up, I went, ah! 
been doing it ever since, you know. And she said, I thought something was wrong with you when you did it. And then she said, I realized you were getting life back. And I've been, ah, ever since and stuff. And they called me the miracle baby in the hospital. My grandmother worked there. She'd never let me forget that. She'd be flipping tortillas. You remember when they called you the miracle baby? <laughs> you were the miracle baby at the UTMBs in Galveston. I was like, Grandma, that was like 25 years ago. Let it go. She's like, no, because you're, you're the miracle baby. And the Lord came, he healed you and stuff. <laughs> and I share that to share that the devil lies. Because I wouldn't be walking if my parents received his words as truth. Nor would I be talking. And I'm not just walking, I'm running, climbing up the mountains, jumping over the rivers, swinging us on some ropes, some bamboo sheets, or carrying us across rivers. And I'm not sure how we're alive, but we're doing it. And I was never supposed to walk or talk again. And so I tell you that to tell you that this is the truth. I will live and not die. That's in the word of God. I will live and I will not die. And I lived and I did not die. Now I can't wait for the day to die because I can't wait to see the one who came into the room. But I'll wait because love is patient. I'll wait on it. I'm not going to rush it or nothing. I want to do all that I'm called to do. But I tell you what, I can't wait to see that man who came into that room, who gave me a chance. A child cannot give you anything back. They can maybe smile at you. I couldn't even smile at the Lord. Children can smile at you, and they can come wipe their snotty hands on your face and everything. And, and they, can, they can be so cute, but they can't go get you their money out of their bank account. They can't give you one of their cars unless it's a Hot Wheel. They can't give you their inheritance. They can't give you anything. And the Lord didn't want anything. He just wanted to be the good God that he is. And he healed a little girl who couldn't go get out her life savings account and pour it into him, who couldn't sing him a song. I was laying in the bed just as, as dead as could be. I couldn't give him my praise. I couldn't clap my hands. I couldn't jump in that bed. And he saw something wonderful. He saw something no one else could see. And in the same way that Jesus is walking and talking and breathing and living and going into hospitals today, and he sees in you what you cannot see. And when you can give him nothing, he is still ready to give you all of who he is. So I just wanted to share that for whoever it would minister to. Okay, are you ready? Mark 14. Mark 14, last night we talked out of Matthew 25, the ten virgins. There were five wise ones. There were five foolish ones. Five kept their fire burning for the Lord. And five fell asleep. 
And when the bridegroom came back, five were sleeping. And only five went with him. They kept their fire burning. Matthew 14, verse 3. I'm going to read out of the Passion this morning. Um, Mark. I'm sorry, did I say that? Okay, Mark 14. Verse 3. Now Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon, a man Jesus had healed of leprosy. And he was reclining at the table. A woman came into the house holding an alabaster flask. It was filled with the highest quality of fragrant and expensive oil. And she walked right up to Jesus and with a gesture of extreme devotion, she broke the flask and poured out the precious oil over his head. But some were highly indignant when they saw this and they complained to one another saying, what a total waste. It could have been sold for a great sum and the money could have been benefited to the poor and they scolded her harshly. And Jesus said to them, leave her alone. Why are you so critical of this woman? She has honored me with beautiful, a beautiful act of kindness. For you will always have the poor whom you can help whenever you want, but you will not always have me. When she poured the fragrant oil over me, she was preparing my body in advance for burial. She has done all that she could to honor me. I promise you that as this wonderful gospel spreads all over the world, the story of her lavish devotion to me will be mentioned in memory of her. You know that legacy is li being lived right now. Jesus' words were true right now. She came to the Lord. He's rec reclining at the table. She breaks open a beautiful alabaster box and pours out expensive oil on him. Now let's jump to Mark 16. Mark 16, and now I'm going to read from the New King James. Mark 16. Now when the Sabbath was passed... Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, that they might come, oh, the, the Marys came, that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen, and they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in long, a long white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Now jump back up to verse 1. It says they came that they might anoint him. They came that they might anoint him. But he was not there. This woman in Mark 14 came to the Lord and anointed him while there was still time. They came to anoint him and there was no more time to anoint the Lord. When they came, he was not there. When she came, it seemed inappropriate. 
It seemed wrong. It seemed out of place when the woman who has no name, (laughs) she's not even mentioned, but Jesus said, make sure you mention her all over the world. But there's no name. Said that woman, tell about this forever. How she busted up in the middle of a dinner, embarrassed herself, got scolded by the Pharisee-hearted disciples, and poured out her oil. Then you see shortly after, these women coming to anoint the Lord, and it was too late. He had already been anointed. Now let's go to the book of John. John verse, I mean, John chapter 9. Y'all getting whiplash yet from the turning pages? John chapter 9. And we're going to start in verse 4. John 9 verse 4. This is Jesus speaking. I must work the works of him who sent me. While it is day, the night is coming when no man can work. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is yet day. The night is coming when no man can work. Jesus said, I must do what I have to do now. There's a time coming. I can't do this in this way again. Jesus came in his flesh for how many years? 33, and that was the time he had to give God everything he had on earth to receive the reward he would have in heaven. He said, I have to do the work that God has sent me to do now while it is still day for me because there is coming a time when I won't be able to do it in this fashion. I won't be a man wrapped in flesh anymore. I'll be at the right hand of the Father in my glory. And when you see me again, I'll be coming back on a white horse and clouds with eyes of fire and white hair but as as this humble man with my sandals on and my common man's robe as Philippians 2 says I only have the time right now to do the work of my father in this way in this fashion this is the time that I have to fulfill the work He has called me to in this season of my life. And in the same way, we must work while it is yet day. We must sing while the songs can still be sung. Because you'll sing a song in heaven, but you know what? You won't have this fleshly body to press through. You won't have this body that in this state where you are in flesh and in clay and under gravity... You get to make a choice to choose God, where you have trials and persecution and tears, where you lose people, where you get rejected and hated and persecuted. You know what's not going to happen to us in heaven? Persecution. You know what's not going to happen in heaven? You're not going to cry and grieve. The Bible says there's no tears past the gate. But here we're going to cry. And I get to make a choice to praise in my crying. I get to make a choice that in my loss to still see Christ as gain. In this limited body. Because in heaven I have no limitations anymore. In heaven I'm glorified. 
my spirit comes forward, breaks out of the seed. Do y'all know this is just a seed that's buried? Do y'all know I'm buried under gravity right now, just like you? Do you know that Paul says we are yet seeds? And one day I'm going to break right out. Do you know that your birth was just a picture of your death, which is a greater birth? Where you're born into a new dimension? Do you know he gave us that as a picture so that we could realize that our death was nothing to fear because it's only life into another dimension? (laughs) That when I die, I'm just being born? The seed just splits open? I don't even care how it happens. Just break it open. Let the seed out. Let me blossom. Let me come to life. But that that state, when my spirit leaps right out of this body, it doesn't have a choice. It's spirit to spirit. And, and deep will call into deep and spirit will call into spirit. But in this day, I am wrapped in this body. And I have a certain amount of time to use this body. I have a certain amount of time to use this voice. To clap these hands, to lift these feet, to shout. Because in heaven, I promise you'll be you'll be lifting your feet, you'll be clapping your hands, you'll be waving your hands, you'll be spinning, twirling. There's all that in heaven. They're shouting and wailing, but the wailing is joy. But it's called joy unspeakable. I can't speak about it, but I can. Ah. That's easy in heaven. Everybody's going to praise at the throne room in heaven. Everybody's going to be rejoicing. But here, there's a choice. Here, there's a choice to press through depression and still preach joy. Here, there is a choice to overcome the iniquity of Adam. I don't have to overcome the iniquity of Adam in heaven. It is crushed in heaven. It has no existence in heaven. But in the earth, it's running wild, and I have a choice to let God see. I won't let Adam's iniquity dominate me on earth. You're too worthy. You're too wonderful. I choose heaven's DNA over Adam while I'm still in Adam's DNA. Because I'm going to work while it is yet day. Because there will come a time and we will see him face to face. Does anybody ever think about that? I obsess over it. I don't know if it's a good obsession or not. I just obsess over it. Just think about the day that I see him. Eyes of fire just burn everything away. What will be left of me when his eyes of fire touch me? Because he says, a day is coming, I will burn up everything you've ever did out of selfish ambition. And the only thing that will remain is the thing you did in the name of the Lord. And I think about, man, when he looks at me with those eyes of fire, what will be left? I think about, will he say, well done, my good and faithful servant? Or will he just say, well done, good servant? Or will there be faithful there, Mr. Dale? I think about it. I think about it all the time. Is he going to say to me, well done, or is he just going to say, welcome? (laughs) Y'all know some of us getting in on a welcome. 
And some of us getting in on a well done. Welcome. You made it. Well done, good, faithful servant. You know what I love about that moment? Is the only one good is God. And the only one faithful is God. And the only true servant of humanity is God. And in that moment, he takes his title and he puts it on me. Because in that moment, he sees himself. Good, faithful servant, I see myself. I long for it. Are you coming in on a welcome? Are you coming in on a well done? Because there's going to come a moment, the Bible says, there are crowns to be laid at his feet. There's five crowns mentioned in the New Testament, many more in the Old Testament. The crown of life. These crowns where he says, if you overcome the world... You'll sit on my throne with me. When I read that for the first time, I wept for like a day. Who shares their seat, (laughs) much less their throne? For those who overcome the world, I will give them the crown of life, and they will sit on my throne with me. Oh! But my encouragement to everyone in this room is to spend your life. Sow it. Sow your life. The the worldly men with wickedness in their hearts said she wasted it, but she sowed it. She sowed it in the middle of what seemed like the wrong moment. I'll wait for later. It'll be better to anoint him later. When they came later, he wasn't there. You know the right time to glorify God? Right now. You want to know the right time to lead your family to the Lord? Right now. You want to know the right time to sow the seed? Right stinking now. You want to know the right time to write the song? Right now. You want to know the right uh, time for the house of prayer? It's right now. There's not a greater season coming for the house of prayer. It's now. You want to know the right time for a hallelujah? It's right now. The right time to post about Jesus? It's right now. The right time to put the truth out? It's right now. Because I've got to work while it is yet day. And there is going to come a time I don't have these hands. I don't have these feet. I don't have these knees. I don't have this body. I don't have this mind anymore. And I don't have these trials. And I don't have these persecutions. And I don't have this drama. Anybody got drama? Y'all don't even play. <laughs> and if you got at least one sibling, you got drama. If you got two cousins, you got extra drama. If you got three theas, you got all the drama, okay? Sometimes what is bad in your life is not that bad. Sometimes what is bad in your life is an opportunity. Consider it all joy. When you encounter trials and tribulations of all kinds. That means God literally wanted me to see that post and go, yes! He loved me, he loved me, he loved me, he loved me. Get an opportunity 
praise the Lord. You know, he, he, that's the way God thinks. So I had an opportunity, and I'm continually being given this opportunity to praise God in that. In heaven, I won't have that opportunity. But here and now, I get to choose that to honor my king who is in heaven. And when I stand before him, have something of substance that stays. And when they're casting those crowns at his feet, best believe I'm going to be in there. You know the word cast means throwing like, like a mad person. Yeah. When it says they're casting their crowns, you're like, ah. it does. They are, they are, they are mad in the original meaning of the word mad, which is like overwhelmingly frenzied to have the opportunity to throw crowns at his feet. So they're not there like placing them like, here you go, Jesus. That one's for you. Shh, 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 it's the king. Shh, shh, doctor. <laughs> no, it says the whole place, there's angels just flying up there ho hollering out, oh, So every time they come around and sing something brand new, they see a brand new mercy for a brand new day. Holy, holy, holy. It's not quiet in heaven. There's tambourines and flags and drums. Y'all hear the drums, just go, there's Miss Pearl. Miss Lynn, y'all hear the drums. If you want to see Miss Pearl, oh. Okay, she over here to the right. <laughs> but in heaven, they are flinging, throwing their crowns at his feet. I'd hate to be standing there. I'd probably love to be standing there. <laughs> but I feel like I would hate to be standing there with no crown. And it's not for us to put on our head. It's for us to put at his feet. And if he says welcome, praise God. But there may be no crown to put down. Come on, who wants to get the crowns to lay at his feet? We work while it is yet day. Now, don't take that wrong and think you got to go out and start digging a well or something. <laughs> Just start building a building or something. I'm not even talking about that. If God tells you to do that, do it because you'll love him with your obedience. He says, those that love me do what I say. You can know if you love him or if you don't by your obedience. We act like it's like so hard to figure things out. It's so clear in the word. Do you obey Jesus? Then you love him. Do you disobey him? You don't love him. He said, those that love me, obey me just like that. You love me, you obey. You don't obey, you don't love me yet. You might like me. You might like what I bring. You might like my words, but you don't love me deeply yet. Those that love me, obey. So if he tells you that, obey, because that is your love language to him. But I am also talking about loving on Jesus while you still cannot see him. You know, in heaven, when you see him, it's over. They're going to carry me out. Just arms are going to be, I'm going to be a mess. 
You're going to think I got hit by a truck. Nat's going to be just holding my shirt, robe, just dragging me. I'm taking her to the throne room. She saw Jesus, okay? She won't be talking for a while. I'm going to be, we're going to be done. You see him, it is over. There's nothing in you that won't glorify him. Nothing. But on earth, while we cannot see him, blessed are those who have not seen and yet they believe. You have the opportunity to worship a Jesus you cannot see and behold with your eyes. Work while it is yet day. Write him letters while it is yet day. Sing him songs while it is yet day. Give him your words while it is yet day. And I'm not talking about going crazy for the nations. Do that too. Oh, God, shake the nations. Oh, Jesus, come and move in fire. Let your spirit, that's fine. But I'm talking about give him your words like this. I love you so much. Do you realize, Jesus, that I can hardly wrap my mind around how wonderful you are? Do you know that you leave me speechless, Jesus? Do you know that thinking about you makes me want to cry? Do you know, Jesus, that when you came into my life, you just, I, I, can't, I can't understand how you just, snatched, you just snatched the sin out like that. I can't comprehend how you just forgave me like that. My stubbornness, hard-headedness, my pride. How'd you just, it's so wonderful how you did that, Lord. The way you love me and my, my family and my pets and stuff. I love how you love my pets. You know, the Bible says that a righteous man is kind to his pets. It's in Proverbs. I use that to feed them fajitas and stuff, but maybe that's a misuse. Is that a misuse? We'll talk about it later. So, <laughs> work, love, give, sow while it is yet day. I am telling you this word will change your eternity. This is not a word that changes just this life, though it does, because you love Jesus in this life. Beautiful things happen. Beautiful, beautiful things happen. You love him in this life. I am giving you a word that prepares you for your next life. And when you are birthed into it and you come out of that seed, if you applied this word, I am telling you, you will have no regrets with your life. What does the song say, Nat? Uh, when I see you face to face. Do you know it? Do you know the melody? When I see your face, I wish I'd given more away. When I see your face, I wish I'd given more away. When I see your face, I wish I'd given more away. When I see your face, I wish I'd given more away. I want to come join me. So that's what I want to leave you with today. Give him everything while you still have the time. The Bible says your life is but a vapor. The word vapor means <gasps> literally 
your life is but a <gasps> one breath. I have one breath to tell him I love him with. One breath to give him thank you. And you know what he says in Matthew 7? There's going to be people who come to me, and they're going to say, I prophesied in your name, and I literally casted out demons. Like demons left just because of his name. And we did these great works in your name. And Jesus said, I'm going to say to them, depart from me. Separate from me. I never knew you. You mean to tell me that I can minister and preach and prophesy and cast out demons and not even know him? Yeah, that's what he said. And again, in Revelation 3, when he came and he wrote the churches and he, he corrected them, he said, I love how you give to the poor. I love the way that you, you don't let people sin. I love these things that you're doing, but I have a big problem. He actually said, I have this against you. You don't love me. And if you don't fix that, I will shut your doors. And in our lives, we are the church. He was speaking to the church. I love that you're doing good. I love that you're speaking well. I love that you don't allow sin. There's some wonderful things going on, but I have something against you. You don't love me first. And I will shut the door. You remember what happened with the five foolish virgins? He shut the door. It said they were knocking on the door. Open it up. He had already shut the door. He was no longer there. They came to anoint him. He wasn't there. We have right now. And so before we leave today, I want to give you an opportunity just to pour your love out on him. Can we do, I just want to be where you are. <laughs> I'm sorry, I always throw them off, but I think this one is good. And we're just going to sing this to the Lord before you leave. And this is one opportunity in your day to work while it is yet day. To praise while you still have breath. To worship while your heart is still beating. Do you know the Bible says that the heart, our heart, is wicked and deceitful above all else. The heart inside of man is wicked and deceitful above all else. And then Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Meaning you have the choice to turn this heart around, reject the wickedness of the kingdom of hell, press through and love on God with all of your heart. He said it is wicked and deceitful. He said it didn't have to stay that way. It is. It doesn't have to stay that way. You can actually choose to turn your heart and your affections, your mind, will, and emotions onto him. Let's worship. 
Let's turn our hearts toward him while it is yet day. Can you place your hand on your heart? And just close your eyes where you are. And let's just worship while it is yet day. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to be where you are. Oh, this is our whole life right here. Everything. I just want to be near your heart. There is nothing like you, Lord. There is nothing like your love. I just want to be where you are, Jesus. Always. This is our heart's cry, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. This is what we want, Lord. I'm going to ask you, would you lift both hands up? You can stand if you want. You can kneel if you want. Whatever you want to do. But we are going to sing this song out. And we're, going to, we're just going to sing it out. I just want to be where you are. And whether you lift both hands or you stand up or you just keep your hands on your heart, I want you to declare this to him and mean it. I want to be where you are, Jesus. I want to be right in your will, right in your heart, right in your feelings, right in your emotions, right in your word. And I want to have you while it is day. I want to love you and I want to worship you and I want to give you everything I have while I still can. Because you're so wonderful and you're holy and you're worthy and you're lovely. And I just want to be where you are, Lord. This is what I want above everything. All other things fall below the priority of keeping you happy. Now all of us together are going to lift our voice. I just want to be where you are. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.
I see a river just moving over everybody as you sing. There's a river moving. It's just washing you clean. There's a river, there's a river, there's a river. I just wanna be near your heart. There's nothing, there is nothing like your love. There is nothing like your love. Now here's the part that's gonna bless his ears. You are holy. abundance of the heart the mouth speaks you are worthy while it is yet day. You are lovely, Jesus. Oh, I can feel his heart. I can feel his heart. He just likes your attention, not your perfection. He loves your attention. Not qualification, just attention. Let the eyes of your heart see Jesus right now. We just want to be where you are. We just want to be where you are. Oh, we're singing for the bride this morning. The bride. Everything we desire, Lord. We just want to be in your arms. I hear you singing over me. Just sing that over them. 
the Lord is just singing over this house right now. Zephaniah 3.17. hear the Lord's song over you. his love. That's his love. I hear you singing over me. I hear you singing over me. We hear you, God. We hear you. The melody of love. The lion of the tribe of Judah is roaring. Sing it just like that. tribe of Judah is on your side. I hear you roaring over me. I hear you roaring over me. So the devil has to flee. So the devil has to flee. Now sing, I hear him singing over you. Sing over them. I hear him singing over you. Oh, he's singing over you right now. I hear him singing over you. He loves you. He loves you. 